Give a big ho oh yeah to the tiny car. Lots of people. <laughs> Fantastic. Next up, we have the very, 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 very underground band, Two Guys Hating Clowns. Good luck, boys. You'll need it. <laughs> hey, cheese dicks! We're Two Guys Hating Clowns, and this song's called Clowns Definitely Enjoy Being Cucks. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, one, two, three, four. Hell oh, the fuck those clowns. And their stupid noses. I hate their colorful hair. And the fucking cocks. Hey, fuck you, we're out here giving the best damn performance at this children's birthday party, and we demand some respect. What? You don't hate clowns? Everyone hates clowns. You got tiny balls. God, I love this music like I love a pie in the face. Ooh. Yeah, good one. I was saying boorns. Oh. Uh. Well, that's our set. One and done. You've been a great audience. Goodbye. You gotta get the hell out of Oh. Hey, what the hell? Uh. Hey, man. Be cool and let us go, okay? Afraid not, boys. Get them. Fuck those guys! You guys sure take this clown thing serious, huh, honey? What? No, that singer was brown and I'm racist. Fuck clowns. I see dead people. Hello. Do you want to play a game? Survive the night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Survive the night. Power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Survive the night. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, just before we start our show, uh, we actually have a really special guest um, who needs no introduction. Good afternoon. I'm Morgan Freeman. Last week on the podcast, your hosts made fun of me. They called me Danny Glover. I took this personally, and I'm pressing charges against Survive the Night podcast. Thank you for listening to this message. Please do not listen to Survive the Night podcast. I'm Morgan Freeman. So, um, thanks, Morgan. Uh, hey, guys. How, uh, how have you been? What have you been up to? I'll start. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, actually, we should talk about the movie we watched Jesus Christ. <laughs> talking about Top Gun? No, I watched that last night. And uh, how was, was that? It was really good. Uh, the best movie of the year. I don't know if but best movie. I think it was Robin's. Robin's a massive Top Gun fan. Okay. So what are you talking about? You said in the podcast group. Definitely one of one the, of best, the best, best. Yeah, yeah. Not the best. No. Oh, okay. There's so many better movies. Yeah, about. Morbius. Um, I have not seen Everybody Everywhere All at Once yet. Or everything, everything Everywhere All at Once. But I'm not sure if I liked Top Gun more than Batman or not yet. So I will say that I did enjoy Men, movie we were supposed to cover. Ryan wasn't able to, to make it, unfortunately. Um, I recommend watching it though. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was very good. One day. It's fucking weird. Um, yeah. What about you guys? Yeah. I, yeah. What are we doing? 
Yeah. Uh, what have we been doing? I uh, finished my second year of school for sprinkler fitting. So I don't, have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with that anymore and be cramped in this very hot room all day. That's true. You have been working hard. Harder than you bitches. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't know about that. I work hard sometimes. Do you work hard for the money? Yeah. Not really. Do you work hard, honey, honey? Is that actually the next line? Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey, we're Survive the Night Podcast, the top-rated horror movie comedy podcast in Marpole, South Vancouver. For those of you who don't know what Marpole is, uh, I'm world-famous Amir here with uh, Langley-famous Andy. Why am I Langley-famous? keep asking this question. I don't... Just listen to the last I episode. I don't like Langley. And you'll know the answer. And Don't uh, like it. Basement-famous Ryan. <laughs> I just... I'm just Andy. No. Just Andy. <clears throat> uh, on today's episode, uh, we're covering a movie called Green Room. Uh, which is, this is the first time I watched this movie. Uh, quick thoughts. I thought it was interesting. I, I found it hard to see it as a horror movie, though. Um, this is the first time you've seen it? Yeah. Didn't it come out pretty recently, too? Like 2019 or something? 2016? Yeah, 16? it's been a while. Oh, shit. Okay. But yeah, first time I've seen it. 2019 is still like three years ago. Yeah, first time watching it. And I was really surprised also to see um, Patrick Stewart, and I didn't realize he was in it before. Excuse me? Yeah. Better put some respect on that name. Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. Okay. He's a sir. So you guys don't want the monarchy to leave Canada then? Depends on if I get knighted. I don't see that happening. You don't know. This podcast could blow up and all of a sudden the queen's like, Hello! I'm your biggest fan. And the the knight I'm I'm the knighting of Rigid Ryan. Maybe she'll ask you to fit her sprinkler. <laughs> what? Uh, anyway. Quick thoughts. Quick thoughts. Ryan. Oh my god. Hmm? Quick thoughts. Was that your quick thought? No, on you. What's no, your know, quick thought on you? Quick thought on you. Uh, good. This guy. I was very tired when I watched the movie, so. But, but you've seen it before. Yeah, I've seen it once before. No, I've seen it a few times. First time, amazing. Second time, still pretty good. Uh, this time, still decent, but I think it doesn't have that shock value it had the first time I saw it. Andy? Yeah, there are definitely a lot of scenes that I found shocking, for sure. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, Please, this is the Andy, second go time. Ahead. Shut <laughs> Second time I watched it. This go for Andrew. Let's go. What's your thoughts, <laughs> quick, Andrew? Quick thoughts. Quick thoughts. Good. <laughs> it's good. Um, just sort of what I was saying. I know, Ryan, you've had some issues with certain movies that are defined as horror movies. Do you, do you see kind of what I mean about... Yeah, not, this isn't a horror movie. No, not at all. It's, it's That's what it says. on Like when I, I streamed on Amazon and it was under the horror yes. category. It was like, oh. I think it's just... It's, I would title it's, it. It's it's a thriller. It's a thriller, yeah. but yes, it has horrific things in it. But that doesn't make it a horror movie. I always think of it as if you were in the situation, would it feel like a horror movie? You know what it kind of feels yes. like to me? Uh, kind of like Panic Room. Uh, sort of... Have you guys seen Panic Room? <laughs> Shut the fuck up out there. <laughs> yes. Have you seen Panic Room? No. Uh, I really loved that movie back in the day, but it was kind of the same idea in, you know, in the sense that she's trapped in a panic room, not a green room, and it's nowhere near as violent. And I think that was the main 
place where there is shock is just mm-hmm. some of the gore. But anyways, we'll, we'll. I think a lot of I think it gets categorized in it is like in the horror genre is because it's like almost grindhousey, like mm. uh, drive-in, like cinema type, like cult classic. Uh, feeling I just to it. if like, oh, fuck, I'm, I was about to just contradict myself there. So I was going to be like, well, uh, Bone Tomahawk isn't a horror, but people say it's a horror. But like uh, Brawl and Cell, Bra- Cell Block 99 mm-hmm. isn't categorized as a horror, but the end of that movie is incredibly graphic. Yeah, that yeah, I would I would categorize it as the same as that movie. Or and like, I, or I like would say VFW. I would personally just say the thrillers, like uh, yeah. yeah, like not dark thrillers, but like thrillers with gore in it. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like how horror has the genre of like splatterpunk, which mm-hmm. is really gory stuff. It's like um, like thrillers version of splatterpunk i guess mm-hmm. where it's like yes. it's a thriller movie but it's also very shocking in certain parts mm-hmm. mm. i would i would agree yes <laughs> i t- <laughs> took a sip of coffee and it went down the wrong way when it went down sideways what <laughs> went uh, up my butt <laughs> coffee animal that's a real thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm. you got a lot of experience with it too much <laughs> I'm yawning. What? <laughs> Why are we looking at me? I can't yawn when everybody's looking. All right, let's get to the movie. Oh, I wanted to say in the the little saw skit we did, it was very funny that you left my yawn in, oh, yeah. but also <laughs> digitized the, that part of the voice too. I thought that was very funny. I guess you lost the game. <laughs> <clears throat> Number seven is on mine. <clears throat> so... We're talking about Green Room. Came out actually in 2015. Uh, director, writer is Jeremy Saulnier, Saulnier, something like that. He did Murder Party. Have you guys seen that? Negative. It's very, like, I guess a very indie horror mm-hmm. movie. Very, uh, mostly just graphic violence. It was okay. The premise is pretty cool, but mm-hmm. anyways, uh, he did two episodes of True Detective. First season of that show I fucking loved don't think he did the first season i um, think he did like third um he did the movie blue rain blue ruin that's what i meant Fuck. it's another uh intense like thriller movie it's like, it's like a thriller revenge film yeah it's amazing and the thing about that is he had really good success with that and then he wanted to make green room right afterwards because he thought oh, this is the only time i'll be able to make a movie like green room they're going to make me do other stuff afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And then he did a movie called Hold the Dark. It's on Netflix. It's okay. The composers are Brooke and Will Blair. Could be husbands, could be brothers, father and son. I don't know. We'll never know. Uh, they composed Murder Party. Uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Have you guys seen that? No, but you always say to watch it. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I don't always say to watch it you're always telling me that no when i wake up in the morning you're like you gotta watch this i don't think i've ever said to watch you gotta this you gotta watch this also they're brothers they are and then they did hold the dark as well uh special effects just one guy here roland Blancaflor. he did nightmare on elm street five yeah all right <laughs> batman returns the puppet masters thinner men in black two and three alien versus 
Predator, Black Swan, and a movie I recently bought exists. Some good movies. On Is that there. the uh, found footage? Bigfoot movie. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that hasn't been done more often. What? Bigfoot found footage. There's like there's a bunch. There there's at least like of popular famous ones, like at least like five. That sounds amazing. I, I want to cover a found footage Bigfoot movie. They're not good. I <laughs> Most know. of them are horrible. Some of them pretty interesting. What we should be covering. It's really off topic, but we should cover Troll Hunter. I was just going to say, is Troll Hunter really good? Because that one's yeah. also insanely good. Really well put together. Anywho, starring Anton Yelchin, plays Pat. Uh, he was in the Star Trek reboot films. He was in Fright Night, the remake. And he was Odd Thomas in the Odd Thomas film, which is based off of a book. And I fucking love those books. Odd Thomas. And... Unfortunately, he passed away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, rest in peace. He actually was one of my favorite, like, up and coming he actors. Was yeah. Coming up. Thank you. <laughs> uh, next, we got Joe Cole, plays Reese. He's in Peaky Blinders. We have Alia Shawcat, plays Sam. She was in The Runaways, The Final Girls. And then once I read this, I was like, oh, that's who it is. Uh, she's also in Arrested Development. Yeah, she's maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I had no idea at first, but I was like, I know who that is. Uh, next, we've got Callum Turner, plays Tiger. He was in Fantastic Beasts 2 and 3, I think. I don't know the numbers of them, and the movies don't show the numbers, so I just took a guess because I have not seen those films. We've got David W. Thompson plays Tad. He's in Gotham. He plays Scarecrow. Oh, weird. He's also in a couple episodes of The Boys and Fear Street Part 1 of those movies. Hmm. We've you got, like that, right, Andy? Fear Street? Yeah, I liked those movies. Seen all three of them? Yes. There's three, right? Yes. Mark Webber plays Daniel. He was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Anti-Birth, which also looks pretty cool. Anti-birth is basically, I read the quick synopsis, uh, a bunch of drug doubt people, like uh, people with addiction. But uh, I think it's a woman realizes that like it's not addiction stuff happening to her. It's something different, something uh, bad. Looked interesting. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got McCone Blair plays Gabe, and he is the writer-director of the new Toxic Avenger film. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Do you know who he's related to? The Blair composers. Witch? Oh. Brooke and The Will. Blair Witch? <laughs> he's their brother, too. So there's three brothers. And All the brothers. The Blair brothers. Oh, man. Next, we've got Eric Edelstein. Plays Big Justin. Do you guys know who that is? Remember? Yes, yeah, he shows up in a lot of A things. lot of random stuff. Yeah, I have that down here. He's in a ton of small parts and TV shows. He was in the uh, Hills Have Eyes 2 remake and Jurassic World. I'm guessing he always plays a big, scary, hunking dude. Like some intimidating giant. Yeah, usually. His uh, name is Big Justin for a reason. We've got Brent Wersner. He plays Worm. He hasn't really been in a whole lot else, or at least nothing that I could find of noteworth, but he's his face is very recognizable. Mm -hmm. I saw him without like the tattoo and like the shave or the uh, the beard when he's clean shaven and he looks completely different. Mm. Yes. I can't remember who it is. It might be McCon Blair. <sighs> Or it might be Brent Wersner. One of the guys is in most of the director's films. It's McCon. Yeah, and he wanted to be in this film real fucking bad. He's the, uh, he's the main 
uh, he's the protagonist in uh, Blue Ruin. Yeah, well, he yeah. wanted to be in this movie really bad too, and the director was like, mm, "I'm trying to go s different with this," mm -hmm. and he went so far as to get fake uh, like white power Nazi tattoos mailed to him, Jeez. put on so that he could be in the oh, movie. God. And apparently, like, he had to call the place and really convince them that he was like, it's for a movie, it's for a movie, it's not real. But he's never taken them off. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Toons plays Emily. Imogen Poots plays Amber. Uh, she was the producer on Vivarium. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Then she acted in V for Vendetta. 28 weeks later. That's not what it says. Yeah, I know. It says 228 <laughs> <laughs> Well, whatever. So that's like four years later. <laughs> it's like when people say like, yeah, my, my baby is 50 months. <laughs> um, she's in I Kill Giants, which is pretty decent indie film based off of a comic. And obviously Vivarium, which I want to see but have not yet. Kai Lennox plays uh, Clark. <laughs> plays Clark. Uh, he was in 40 Days a Night, which is a movie we should really cover. Because how many vampire movies have we covered? It's 40 Days of Night. What? What's 40 Days of oh, Night? Oh, shit. It's 30 Days of Night, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck me. Fucking guy. Can you look up Kai Lennox real quick? I swear it said 40 Days of Night. Or maybe I'm just tripping balls. Uh, let's see. Maybe it's the sequel that no one saw. Days. Where the month has 40 days. Could be. 40 days and 40 nights. That's a completely different movie. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, fuck. Anywho, October Moore plays cop number one. I added her because she's the um, English voice of the We Fit trainer. Oh, nice. <laughs> and play, was in and she was in Pig. I was going to say, she played Pig. And then, of course, I have Sir Patrick Stewart, who plays Darcy, and instead of naming his massive amounts of films, I thought, oh, you guys tell me what films you like him in. Well, first of all, he, named, he spelled his last name wrong. Okay, put some respect. Did I? On Sir Stewart's name. Um, obviously, the X-Men films, um, Lord of the Rings. No, that's not him. Oh my god! <laughs> Are you thinking Ian McKellen? Yeah, they're they're very similar. They're like BFFs yeah. in real life. So yeah. uh, I love him as Captain Jean Luc Picard in Star Trek. Classic. Um, I like him as Avery in American Dad. Yes. Anyways, yeah, X Men. Go X Men. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> X Men. He was in um, the new. Doctor Strange film? Oh, yeah, right. I mean, he plays an X-Men. <laughs> that's not an X-Men movie. That's true. He's branching out. Just looking through his TMNT. I didn't know he was in that movie. Who did he play in that? He played Winters. Sure. Bambi 2, Chicken Little. All right, whatever. Patrick Stewart, everybody. Everyone. All right. Classic. Here is the movie. A touring punk band plays one last-minute show at a neo-Nazi bar. They unfortunately become targets after witnessing an act of violence. They must now fight for their lives against a group of fascist skinheads. Sounds rough, bro. Well, the movie is pretty rough. Here's the movie that you've all been waiting for. What is this voice you keep doing? I'm horny. This is this radio announcer voice. Yeah. Does everybody in radio have like a cold or something? Uh, yeah. uh, I have terrible allergies. 
All right. So the movie starts. We get a quick green room title. Did you already do the synopsis? I did. I I didn't hear that part. I did. Okay. No. Do I need to? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck you. Actually, how about you do it again? No. (sighs) Okay. So one more time, Andrew. Fuck (laughs) y'all. Pat waking up in a van with his band. The driver Tiger fell asleep at the wheel and crashed into a cornfield. Um, so they filmed this right after like corn season, you would call it that. And they had to like fly in stalks of corn and put it up themselves and have them run into it. Apparently it was very expensive. Seems unnecessary for yeah, like this why shot. You, why do you need like a, a cornfield? Like it's, it was a cool shot. I don't know. Crashed into a tree. Ooh, yeah. Okay. The engine is still running. Phones are charged. They didn't uh, kill the engine, but they are out of gas. Pat and Sam ride their bike to a nearby parking lot. She takes pictures on her phone from the back of the bike. They siphon siphon gas out of some vehicles and are able to continue driving. Have you guys ever siphoned gas? (laughs) No. No, but I I think it was becoming like I I could have learned uh, because... Like this movie I like a lot because of, uh, I was also in a punk band for quite some time and we were going to go on a tour across Canada and it didn't happen, but the option to learn how to do this for that tour came up and then we can't, the the thing got canceled. So we didn't, we didn't do it. Have you ever siphoned cum? (sighs) I think that's funny. You think you're a funny guy? I'm not laughing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all those sounds you made got recorded you may not be siphoning cum but you siphon a lot of bullshit um i like the smell of gasoline do you guys like that oh i thing? think you said gift thank you i'm glad you said gasoline <laughs> cum? i like the smell of cum <laughs> do you though like the smell of <laughs> gasoline uh not really no Ryan? Uh, as a kid, but it made my head hurt. Now. <laughs> <laughs> he liked it too much. <laughs> I would never siphon gas because that's a douchebag move. Yeah, it seems too gr- gross. What if, you do to, what if you do it to another douchebag? How do I know the person's a douchebag? They've got a giant truck. They have a that doesn't make them a douchebag. Oh. If they have a Hummer, they're a douchebag. I think it's automatic. Tes- Tesla only, drivers? I only apply that to Hummer. Tesla though. drivers. Yeah, I'm going to siphon gas out of a <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> Are they douches? Yeah, usually. The people who drive Teslas? The biggest. Okay. Why do you keep saying them like that? It's not a Z. What is it? It's an S. Tesla. Tesla. Tesla? (laughs) Tesla. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm from Whizla. (laughs) From where? Australia. (laughs) Were you trying to say Whistler? Yeah, Whizla. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you saying it like, hey, yo, what's up? I'm from Whizla. (laughs) That's what uh, the Australians call Whistler. The Whistler? The Whistler. Yeah, you know this? You know a lot of Australians? Yes. You big fucking liar. I do. Big stupid... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They meet up with a punk guy named Tad early in the morning. He gives them keys to stay at his house as he leaves for work. We find out he's like their manager. He is uh, getting them a show but and he's he... letting them stay at their... No, he says in the movie... Can I still be your manager or something like that? Like slightly later. 
Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure he's the one who, like, promotes them and stuff, yeah. Uh, but just in this small town, wherever they're at. Sam finds beer and gives it to the guys. Pat says he's going to sleep as Sam says they're all going to stay up and drink. And then there's, like, a split second of very loud punk rock. And mm-hmm. it just ends quickly. <laughs> uh, Tad shows up later. Pat answers the door and has shit written all over his face. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. No. After you've, like, passed out drunk? Yes. It has. I don't think that's happened to me. I think somebody put makeup on me once. So not like, I didn't look like a whore. <laughs> I wasn't asking, but... I looked very tasteful. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tad what be- does a whore look like, yeah. Amir? Why don't you explain that to the listeners? When I say whore, anytime on this show, I'm referencing the Simpsons episode where... The whore gun, yeah. Homer shoots Marge with the whore gun. Yeah. Close your eyes, Marge. And now you're ready for a night on the town. <gasps> Homer, you've got it set on whore. Uh, we lost three listeners. Okay. Okay. Tad begins to interview the band The Ain't Rights. They talk about how they don't have any social media presence. Tad asks them what their desert island band is. Tiger chooses the Misfits. Sam says Poison Ivy. Reese says the Cro-Mags. Pat doesn't say anything and can't decide. Okay, I need to ask you guys, obviously, about your your Desert Island band. I was actually thinking about this when I was watching the movie. I know Ryan's. The Midnight? The Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. That's easy. That's an easy one. Uh, I would say Bad Religion was mine. Not was. What is. What is? Yeah. Bad Religion. Okay. Yeah. Well, you said it like a past. Oh, sorry. Uh, Sorry, did I write Mr. Thing? Grammar Teacher over here. Well, it sounds like it used to be. Yeah, now it's Celine Dion. That's respectful. Yeah. See, you're just turning into Pat in this movie, where you're just like, you'll have the answer by the end, and then... Michael Jackson. Okay. Okay, but... It's not a band, I guess. What if you found out that the allegations were true? Then, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> You like... Uh, now it's definitely Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't you like that band that we cover a lot or tried to cover a lot that I can't remember their name? Queens of the Stone Age. I, yeah, but he's also got some... Oh, my God. Not child child molestation, but like child abuse kind of stuff happening in the... Oh, <laughs> that makes it better. <laughs> Jesus. A little bit. Um, sure, I'll say them. <laughs> I've been abused as a child. It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> All right. Sam asks when this airs so they can plug the upcoming show. Tad tells them that the show has been canceled. They were already in route when it happened. He offers them a backup show as headliners in a shitty diner restaurant in the middle of the day, which they play anyway. The band gets load-balled, and they get about $6 each for the show. Uh, Reese grabs Tad and lifts him up against the wall. Tad says he can get them another show closer to Portland if he calls his cousin. We got more money than that. We did. Yeah, but you see the the show that they were playing. It was just like, again. It was di- just like a family restaurant. It was a family restaurant with a punk band playing. Like, no one wants to see that. Yeah, no, they didn't fit in at all. Like, the people look like they're almost shocked by the music that they were playing. But, like, if, yeah, this is it does bring me back to playing with my old band and like all the shows we would uh, play would get no money because nobody liked it. Uh, that and, uh, everyone was poor. I don't know. Mm. A lot of house shows. 
that, yeah, we just didn't get paid. Uh, Tad tells them the show is set up, a matinee show with mostly boots and braces, skinhead punks. He mentions his cousin is cool, but don't mention politics, and they should play their earlier, heavier stuff. He hands them a poster for the show that was canceled, and they take off. Reese is in the backseat with Pat and tells something he's never told anyone, and then farts. Damn. I, I wanted to do that. I was going to be like, hey, guys, there's something I never told you. I was going to keep dragging it on. Oh, yeah? And then What's I'm something gonna, you've never told us before? I go like this. <laughs> What's something you've never told us before? Something I've never told you guys yeah. before? Yeah. I've told you guys all about it. Uh, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> A little too much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I know something I can say. Sick. About me? But both of you. That you've never told us? Yeah. I both love you guys. That's not true. You've said that to me before. Oh. Did you say I both love you guys? I both love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said that before. Thanks, man. I don't yeah, think I have any secret secrets, so. Not with that, none we know of. Like, it doesn't have to be a secret, though. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a secret. Just something you never said to us before. We'll come back. You have said that. Um, I don't know. I'll come back to you. Sometimes. I'll come back to you. Why would you come back to me? I just said I don't have anything. I'm going to come back to you. I have one. I have one. What? Sometimes I shave my balls. How often? It's been a while. (laughs) It's been months. All right. Uh, I seem to have lost my place. Overhanging shots of the van driving through the Pacific Northwest. They pull up to the venue. It's a compound and a bar in the middle of the woods. Uh, There's a cousin. His name is Daniel. Daniel. Introduces himself and grabs Tiger and tells him not to mention him and his girlfriend leaving. They load their gear and wait in the green room. Oh, that's the name of the movie. It is. (laughs) Sam plugs in her phone. Pat tells everyone he has a dumb idea. On stage, uh, he tells, or Sam tells Pat, he can't back out now. It was his idea. If he backs out now, she'll tell the crowd he's Jewish. The band starts to play a cover of the Dead Kennedys. Nazi punks fuck off. The crowd starts to get upset, whipping bottles at Tiger. You remember what song it was? I literally just said it. Oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Nazi punks fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would they sing that in front of? Because it would. It was just piss them off. They don't like skinheads. No. Okay. No, they, no, do you like skinheads? Yeah, of course not. Yeah. I'm the last person who would like but a like, skinhead. Yeah. If you ever, yeah, if you played that at a at a neo Nazi club, you, you would. It would kill like, you. Like they would probably kill you. We should do that. <sighs> I mean, I couldn't walk into a neo Nazi club. Yeah. God, you're not even technically allowed in like a Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I meant because he did shitty things in a Denny's, not because of the color of his skin. No, they let him in because they was, don't let him in. Yeah, because, because he's he, Italian, right? No, because he pooped on the, he pooped on the skillets. No, I didn't. oh, that was Amber Heard. Take that one out. Take it out. Why we can't get political? Who do you guys stand with? <laughs> Neither of them. Neither, but um. I think justice prevailed. Oh my god. I do. I, I mean if you watch the case it's it's pretty pretty cut and dry. Oh my god, this guy. 
Just, just the law. Let's take it out. Let's take all of this out. It's not happening. Andrew's very own team. Amber I'm Heard. not, but I think he's a uh, misogynistic piece of shit, and has abused women. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. We're gonna get to it later. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Stay tuned. Everything just gets pushed back. Stay to tuned the till end. the end of the show. We're gonna have a deep dive into the Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, please no. Pat makes eye contact with the scary-looking Nazi guy in the crowd. His name is Worm. He's, what? His no, name is Worm. That's not the one. Yeah, it was. He made eye contact with Worm. No, that's not true. Is it? Yeah. No. He spits beer towards the band. Uh, they start a heavier song, which the crowd seems to enjoy this time. The bouncer guy, Big Justin, wants them to clear out right away. Their equipment is in the hallway, they get paid, and the band starts to leave. Sam forgot her phone in the green room, so Pat goes to grab it. He grabs the phone and then notices a woman on the ground dead. She was stabbed in the head and no blood on the carpet. Members of the band Cowcatcher are in the room along with another woman, Amber. I kind of wish I could see her getting stabbed. I mean, that sounds awful. That sounds awful. When he went to the room, it could have been just because I was really tired. I didn't even see the fucking knife. She was just no. laying on the floor, oh. like passed out. I, and actually, I was like, they're doing something. I actually rewinded because I was like, wait, did I miss the stabbing? No, it was just, it's just there. Uh, Justin sees that he went into the room. Pat is panicking and calls 911 right away. Justin tries to grab him, but Pat slips by. Gabe grabs the phone. This is a one of the other uh, neo-Nazi guys. He seems like he's like a manager of the bar. Gabe is like the... Not main guy, but the yeah. main one that they talk to, at least in this first like, yeah. and he's, bit of the film. He's the that's the one that was like, I want to get into this movie with the fake tattoos and everything, right? That's, no, it was uh wasn't it Worm? Oh. The guy who played Worm, I think is. I, oh okay. Because yeah. he didn't want to give him a big part in the movie. Oh, okay. Gabe also looks the least um neo Nazi. He just has kind eyes, I feel. He always looks like he cares mm -hmm. in like I don't know. If he also doesn't have his red laces. He doesn't. Do you have yours? <laughs> I used to. Yeah, what happened to them? Uh, How do you those, get rid of your red laces? Well, the shoes wore out. I didn't keep the laces. Huh. Laces out. But you did cause bodily harm to <laughs> oh, somebody, yeah, right? Of course. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gabe grabs the phone out of Pat's hand and cancels the call. He tells Justin to make sure the band doesn't leave. So... What would you guys do in this situation? Yeah, this is a good one. Amir, so, you walk back into the green room to grab something? Yeah, I just finished a big show with Andy as the drummer. You know, we're feeling high off of this performance. We just did. The crowd just fucking loved us. And Those uh, three people, man. I'm we still, love them. Still feeling that rush. I w walk in to grab my phone that I was charging in the green room and uh, see a, a woman on the ground with a blade in her head. I'm like, oh, shit, that's fucking weird. And then I take my phone and I leave. <laughs> just walking out being like i didn't see anything <laughs> yeah ignorance is bliss. i probably would like see that see all of them and like just start running like just run as fast as i could to get out of there oh you're dead instantly no i mean see the, the they're reason... gonna see somebody from the band that just played a song called neo-nazis fuck off yeah. sprinting i'm pretty <laughs> sure they'd be like we should probably grab that guy i think the main reason they panicked and started to like take him was because he was calling the cops and panicking yes so i, I think if they, he did it the way i did i just like walk out like mm -hmm. no one would have said nada all right 
to be fair, if we're being very like rational and realistic, you'd have been fucked up before you even got into the compound. <laughs> Still, he's wearing his he's wearing his white face makeup. He's, oh, that's he's fine. You shouldn't do that. No, you're allowed to white face. Yeah, Can you're I allowed. White face? Yeah. You're what if I like extra white face? Yeah, I'd be fine. You're looking pretty neo-Nazi-ish these days. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making fun of my male pattern partners. <laughs> uh, I would... I would like make myself get hard. Because they're not going to be like, we got to do something about this guy. They'd be like, oh, it's getting hard. He's an okay guy. They'd let me leave. They wouldn't be able to see your bulge, though. <laughs> well, I'll pull my pants down. It's fine. <laughs> I'm also thinking this This is the other option, which is like, say if you didn't panic or whatever, you could see, try to make a, a deal with them to escape. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't say anything, but you got to pay up. Would they just kill me anyway? Probably. Probably. I'd be like, I'm one of you. So he grabs the phone and then notices the woman on the the ground. She's dead. He's panicking. They cancel the phone call to the police. We see a wide shot of Gabe walking over to a portable office. He goes into it, then leaves holding a gun. Gabe points the gun at the band and tells him to get back into the room. He calls Darcy the boss man, and then he gives the gun to Justin. He didn't. There was nobody in the, uh, like, trailer office when he went in there? No, it was just a wide shot of him just walking towards the door. Oh, like, you don't see him for a bit, and then he comes out. Mm, okay. Uh, Sam says, maybe the girl isn't dead. The singer of, is supposed to be <laughs> cow catcher, uh, Worm rips the knife out of her head. The blood pours out of her head, and he says, there it is. He doesn't just pull it out. He, like, grabs Drags the handle. Her head. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, isn't it? Uh, what's his name? Big Justin or whatever. It's like, bro. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, the band starts freaking out. Gabe speaks to this other Nazi guy, Clark, and they get two baby Nazis to stage an incident. One stabs the other with a knife. The cops show up at the same time as the owner, Professor X. So yeah, they're they're getting these two young skinheads to stab each other. No, just one of them. One stabs. of them, yeah, to stab each other to make it seem like this is like a, this is the reason why the cops were called. They did it very strategically. Stabbed him in the side where hopefully nothing would happen. He also told them stuff like, "Oh, the uh, blade's not big enough for any like felony charge, so you won't be like charged, charged." Hmm. Yeah, and before this, Gabe gave them six hundred dollars to do this, but took it back after the stabbing because I guess he figured they would have found six hundred dollars on their person. Mm. Yeah, they would have been like, "No, no, we'll, we'll keep it until you get out." And he's like, "Any time you spend in there, we'll pay you for it as well." Uh, so Nazi. honestly, pretty lucrative. Seems like they got good benefits over there. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Gabe returns to the room and tells Cowcatcher to leave. Amber and the Ain't Rights ask, what about them? Worm asks Pat what their second or second to last song was called. Pat says toxic evolution. Worm says it was fucking hard, man. That's the one I did her to. Worm leaves. And again, I'm assuming that means that's the song that he stabbed her to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Justin tells them to sit and wait. Darcy, Clark, and Gabe check the band's van. They are trying to figure out who has seen them recently and where they would be going next. Justin tells everyone to get back up, or tells everyone to back up or they will get shot. The band asks where the cops are. Gabe tells Justin to take out the bullets and give the band the gun. 
Reese blocks the door. Tiger runs at Justin, trying to bite him, and gets knocked in the face. Reese, Reese jumps on his back. Tiger kicks his leg, and Justin goes down. Doesn't get knocked in the face. He gets fucking punched with yeah. his giant, meaty fist. <laughs> I'm writing these notes as they come. I don't have the time to articulate. You don't have the vocabulary? <laughs> I don't have the time. So what would you guys do? Would you take on the big boy? I mean, there's so many of us. And we have the gun now. I think the the thing in their favor at this point is that one of them knows mixed martial arts or knows how to take down some guys. That's it's Reese. not that hard to fucking throw a guy into an arm bar, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got fucking Ken Shamrock over here. Wow, way to use a really outdated reference. I like... Conor McGregor. I'm just no. saying, if you no. watch like but... any mixed martial arts, which I did as a teenager because I was full of fucking testosterone. See, there you just told us something that you never told us. That I was full sure. of testosterone? Yeah, no, that you tried to do... I never said I tried. You did? No, I said I watched... Oh. And I've told you that before, that I've watched MMA, yeah. Can you put Andy into an armbar? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Um, the only thing I thought whenever I saw somebody do that, be like... That guy's junk's just rubbing up on your elbow now. Do you feel it? Do you feel the thunder? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a pretty gay sport. Well, what? probably have to cut that out now, too. Jesus. Why? It is. It's not like a, a derogatory term. It's super gay. That is derogatory, though. No. It's a happy sport? Yeah. That's not what you're saying. No, but it is but a gay sport. Oh, my God. Are there gay MMA? I'm sure there are. Openly? Probably not. <laughs> um, what would I do? Um, I would go for Justin's legs. He's a big guy. He clearly doesn't work his legs out. They look like they're under a tremendous amount of pressure because his upper body is gigantic. Was it Amber who started kicking him in the shins or whatever? Yeah. 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 That would probably be like a smart idea to just start booting it because he's like a tree. You got to chop yeah. him from the base. <laughs> um, that's what the strategy would be in a WWE uh, wrestling match if there was like a giant versus a smaller guy i would absolutely love okay i don't want andy to get into this situation obviously but if he was in this situation he'd be like i have to take all my wrestling knowledge and what? you would you would do like a like a hard slap to the yeah. chest and you'd be like you're supposed to go down yeah why is he not i just chopped you in the face why why aren't you going down well, i gave you the stone cold stunner you'd what? be pretending to punch him just stomping your foot <laughs> the only thing i would do differently than what reese did is i wouldn't just threaten his arm i would just like fully fully just break. immediately snapped it i don't trust this guy yeah but i think at this point they're still trying to uh be reasonable be reasonable and be like you got to get the cops in here but i don't know personally like so I, w I was reading some stuff about the movie and he, the director played it out like um, how he thought people would act mm -hmm. in it, not have them be like super sleuths or like really smart oh, and yeah. what to do and stuff. Yeah. This is what people would actually do in like a high stakes situation, right? But I feel like I would have been like immediately once you get the gun and bullets been like time up because yeah. like this dude's twice our size, tie him up so he doesn't fuck us up. Yeah. All right. Well, Reese gets Justin in an armbar. I would do. What's that? We didn't technically say what you would do for what for taking taking, taking him this. if you would have tried to take him down. I liked Amir's idea of you doing the 
like going for the the legs first to bring them down. Yeah, it's probably what I would have done. Like if I, what is it, Reese got on his back like he did, I'd probably just go up to the leg and just pull as hard as I could. Or if you like hit him in the back of the knee, probably would have went down from that or something. Can't go wrong with a good old nut shot. That's true, actually. Yeah, that'd be a good way to stand. Yeah. And I have You've experienced. No, no qualms about that. Punching a nut. Oh, no, neither do I. If you got to do that, go for it. <laughs> I was going to say, if you got a big dick, you got to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Reese gets Justin in an arm bar. The group moves a couch over, blocking the door, and they load up the gun. What color was the couch? I don't know. It was pretty dirty. Wasn't it like dark red or something? Maybe green? Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Why? Why do you care? You just want to know, know the details. Oh my god! Put the fucking car on the couch in the next time. Reese lets Justin go after he says crisscross applesauce. Once he gets up, Sam hands him the gun and points it at Justin. Darcy and Clark are discussing using attack dogs to deal with the problem. I'm talking about how fucking expensive it would be to use them too. Yeah. He was like, oh, if be... you want the really good ones, like upwards of like 20 grand, 50 grand or something. Jesus. I was like, what the fuck? Well, we learn later that he basically, after using them, they have to kill them. To That's, get... no. Wasn't that what happened? I think it was just because that dog got injured. Yeah, that dog oh. got shot. Yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Uh, while this is going on, Cowcatcher is still playing their set. Darcy speaks with Gabe and Daniel. Darcy wants red laces immediately there to deal with the problem. Ryan, well, who are red laces? So red laces is a term in the skinhead white supremacy oh, it's culture. A real it's term. a real term. So it's an important signal in the skinhead culture, quote unquote, and it indicates that the wearer has shed blood for their very racist movement. So I should stay away from people with red laces. I think it's also white laces, too, was mentioned um, when I looked it up, too. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. I just, the red laces, because it actually pertains to the film, is yes. what I looked up. So, yeah, be on lookout for those. Uh, Reese and Justin get, uh, see, wait, what? Reese and Justin. Reese gets Justin to empty his pockets. Okay, Reese gets uh, Justin to empty his pockets, and then he throws out a box cutter on the floor. He had a cell phone, but broke it. He had a uh, flip phone. Yeah. Probably a burner. Yeah. The power goes out. Again, just tie him up at first. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Maybe they just didn't have anything to... Oh, they had the duct... No, they found they the, duct the duct tape, tape later. later. Yeah. They didn't have anything to tie yeah, him up. they had the duct tape in there. in there, didn't they? It was no, found... Yeah, under, mm, yeah. yeah. But there had to be something. They could have taken room. off a fucking shirt or exactly. something. Yeah. Like, there's lots of stuff you could have done. Uh, the power goes out. Amber tells everyone to get comfortable. Uh, yeah, she goes all real hard. She, like, lights a cigarette, mm -hmm. goes over to big old Justin, gives it to him. And she's like, if you see the cherry move to start shooting. Mm. It's like, okay. I found it, I mean, I thought it was a cool scene, but just weird how she suddenly became like this, um, for a lack of a better term, like this alpha suddenly in the room where she, before she was kind of cowering and scared. And she wasn't like, really cowering or scared. No. I didn't see that at all. Or really depressed looking then. She was... I don't think she just didn't really do much at the beginning. Just she didn't know what the situation well, was. Well, her, her friend, It's it. we learn later that it was her friend that got stabbed in the head. Um so I, I don't know. I, to me, she seemed like she was shook when when they all came in the room. Obviously, if you're one of your good friends dies in front of you like that, um, but yeah, it just felt 
like a sort of tone shift when this scene hmm. happened, when the lights went off and she suddenly came alive here. Uh, the power comes back on. Darcy tells the crowd that the generators aren't working and tells everyone to go home. But he says that they'll, excuse me, start back up on Sunday. And he's like, ah, fuck it. Free drinks between like two and four or something. Yeah, free beer. That was a lot of money. Gabe speaks with Darcy. Gabe is worried Cowcatcher is going to speak about the incident, but Darcy says it's covered. We see them giving Cowcatcher tiny bags of heroin. It's like his specific, his heroin. Yeah. It's got his little label on it and stuff. Tiger thinks he sees daylight from under a part of the floor. Darcy begins speaking to the group on the other side of the door. He says he wants to, uh, everyone out and they should open the door. He's trying to coax them that everything is fine. Darcy wants the gun out of the picture. The group tries to bargain for a phone in exchange for the gun. No dice. Darcy is trying to spin the situation that the group is the one causing the problems. Isn't it by this point we've seen the downstairs now? No. Really? Yeah. Fuck me. Okay, keep going. Reese gets Justin back in the arm bar. Pat agrees to give back the gun, but they keep the ammo. Uh, should, like, explain. Reese doesn't just, like, throw him back yeah. into the arm bar. He's like, all right, man, assume the position. Yeah, they're pointing the gun at him, and they make him lie down, and he very slowly and methodically puts him back into the arm <laughs> bar. Uh, Pat opens the door to give the gun back. Amber is looking out through the vent and sees red laces on the boots. She says they are killing us. Right as that, or right as she says that, Pat's arm is grabbed. The group rushes uh, to try and pull him back in. Reese breaks Justin's arm in the arm bar. Pat is pulled in. His arm is sliced up brutally, and his hand is hanging on by a thread. Yeah, and again, the violence here is super gruesome. His, you can literally see his hand hanging on. Mm -hmm. When I first saw this movie and that scene happened, I was just like, this is so gross. Like, he's that arm is fucked forever now. Like, it almost looked like he would have to have... Probably it, have to have it amputated, yeah. right? Yeah, but also, when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, all right, we got a movie here. Yeah. Uh, also, just the, the thought of getting sliced up by a box cutter would be... That wasn't a box cutter. That got him? That oh, was, no, it was a machete. machete. Yeah. It was a machete, yeah. Well, box cutter or machete, that would still suck. Uh, Justin gets up and says he'll crush her, Amber. She rushes him, but he clotheslines her. Reese puts him in a sleeper hold, and he goes unconscious. He wakes up briefly, then goes right out again. Amber takes the box cutter and slices up his belly. I think he's dead. The way she sliced his belly with the box and it looked like it was like butter yeah. she was slicing through. It's like that's if the how the box it, cutter was sharp enough, that's yeah, exactly that's, how that would happen. You know, splits Unfortunately, apart. that's how it would work, yeah. Skin is only taut because it's all connected, but the moment you cut it, it basically just loses all that elasticity and it's like yeah, I would love to do that to you. I wish you would. Oh god. Come see my insides. Do you have a box cutter around here? I mean the probably is. But uh are there any horror movies that have a, the main like villain use a box cutter as their weapon? Maybe in the Toolbox Murders, huh? The original. That sounds amazing. I don't know. Maybe. There can was can you a... think of anything? No, not really. Maybe I... we need to make one. 
on our way here outside of Gigi Blinn on the opposite side of the street, there was a guy using a weed whacker. I was like, I wonder if there's a horror movie where the, the main character uses a weed whacker. I don't know if it's like, I think it's been used a few times in horror movies and slashers, but like not as a main weapon. Yeah. I thought of a premise where it is the main weapon where there's like this school groundskeeper and he sees students smoking up at, at the school and he uses his weed whacker and fucks them up. You would have to have a very specific type of weed whacker to be able to do serious damage. Definitely. And then they obviously he doesn't do much damage and they kill him. So the ground, groundskeeper's dead. And then he comes back as a ghost with the, the spiritual weed whacker. So what would you call that movie? Weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to call it maybe like like Wacky Willy or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Anyway. You can get it's like steel or something wire instead of like the plastic that they use to cut. Oh, and that, yeah. would, that would probably ruin that would you. Fucking hurt. Good old wacky willy. You would also need it to be gas powered, not electrical. Cause it'll be able to give more power. Okay. You know, just have it plugged in the whole time. Walking <laughs> around. <laughs> uh, Darcy and the rest aren't being truthful about the situation with Daniel. They are telling him uh, the out-of-town band killed Emily. The group inside in the green room, green room find the drug lab under the floor. The exit is locked from the other side and they can't escape. Tiger finds duct tape. Well, it's like uh, they jump down because it's just a hole they made into like yeah. a cellar kind of thing. Like it wasn't meant to connect to that room ever. No, no. And then uh, the only way they find that, that goes out is uh, it's almost like a bomb shelter trap door mm -hmm. in the ground. And, and it took them a while. Like they, they were hammering at that for like a few hours. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Tiger finds duct tape and wraps Pat's arm up. Restarts planning on leaving the room. How fucking bad would that hurt? Like it's already gonna hurt thing. so bad. Oh my! But then God. wrapping it in duct tape. Imagine taking that off. <laughs> but like, yeah, to take. I think taking it off would probably be easy because it's it's probably not even sticking. It's just soaked in blood. I yeah. assume. But. Yeah, if it, if that was the only way to, you know, keep the blood lost to a minimum, then obviously you would need to do it. I like how Pat, has, uh, the actor, you see him kind of get go through these phases of delirium mm -hmm. with how much blood he's lost and obviously the pain. Like, he's probably in shock right now after that injury. Uh, so Pat tells a story about how they need to treat this like a game of paintball. Do you remember the story? I didn't write yes. it all down. So... He doesn't this, fully tell. No, here, the though. story is basically how he was going to a friend's. It was like bachelor party or something for his wedding marriage. And they went to go do paintball. And it was just a bunch of them goofing around, having fun, getting some drinks on, doing whatever. And they had to uh, play against like these ex-Marines who all had crazy gear and were like ready to fucking go. And then before he can get into the story, shit starts to happen mm. again. Or no, he's like, uh, Reese is like, we got to leave. Yeah. And then he's like, Pat, I'm sorry. You like, we got to go. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no, man, I understand. And right after Sam says, fuck it. Simon and Garfunkel for the desert Island band. Reese says Prince. Pat still doesn't know. Tiger says he's still, or he's still sticking with the misfits. Are you still sticking with, uh, your band? Queens. Yeah. Um, Yeah, let's stick with that. You're sticking? You're sticking with yours uh, with the midnight? Yeah, easily. Okay. 
Are you sticking with uh, Celine Dion? Yeah. No, I'm going back to Bad Religion. Sam smashes a light tube, and they prepare to leave the room. I will say that a light tube would probably be the worst weapon to leave with. You'll see how fragile they are. First, you of could all. do a few pokes, and yeah. that would be it. Yeah, exactly. That was my thought. What what weapon would you be grabbing from the uh, green? <sighs> I had that question as well. Um, so, is does somebody have the gun at this point? Yes, they do. They, they, uh, they the have, Nazis. Oh, have right, it. they got it. They have the bullets. Mm-hmm. They don't have the gun. Um, I would I would love to be the box cutter wielder here, so I would probably snatch that. Um, <laughs> be like, "Fuck you, Amber! I'm taking the box." <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Tiger at this point has like a like a beam from like the ceiling that he ripped out. Oh, that's a good one. Um, there was a lot of chemicals in the in the oh, yeah. thing. I would have grabbed like maybe a jug or something to throw at somebody. Like, but you know. <laughs> it's like distilled water by accident. Like, yeah, you, like, could probably oh, make like this... a, you could probably make some Molotov cocktails with some of that shit. Yeah. But if you didn't know what they were, you'd kill yourself. Yeah. Uh, so they begin to walk through. Hey, what about Ryan's open? Come on. Oh, it doesn't matter. What? Fuck you. What did you, what would you choose? What would I grab from the green room? I wanted to say like uh, a beer bottle because I assume there's there was liquor in there. Yeah. Just I assume there's glass bottles too, but apparently glass bottles don't shatter how it shows in the film. So I don't think that would actually work, and I'd probably just end up cutting myself. Wouldn't the beer bottle just last for quite some time? Like yeah, I guess it, you could just bonk them on the head yeah. with it or whatever. But nobody jumped down into the fucking drug den where there's probably some good shit to uh, yeah. fuck somebody up with yeah. down there. Right? Also, did somebody take the knife that was stabbed in the head of the woman? The worm guy did. Oh, okay, right. He pulled yeah. it out and I'm pretty sure he kept it. Yeah. Uh, so they begin to walk through the hallway. Tiger asks everyone if they should split up and Sam agrees, which I thought was the dumbest move, but doesn't get to that point. Clark brings in an, uh, an attack dog and lets it loose. It attacks Tiger the dog rips at his throat. Everyone else panics. Reese jumps through a window and is immediately stabbed by uh, stabbed numerous time times. But I'm going to say this all over again. Jesus Christ! Everyone else panics. Reese jumps through a window and is immediately stabbed numerous times by a Nazi. Just say that, so uh, much. That scene where the dog is chewing on was it Tiger's throat? Yeah. yeah. It's so brutal. Like you see the dog munching on his throat. Yeah, it's fucked exposing up. Exposing it for like a good minute. And I felt so bad for Reese when he jumps through the window, just thinking he's going to like, they obviously had all these, the exits planned. Uh, Sam grabs a fire. <sighs> Sam grabs a fire extinguisher and tries an exit. Another Nazi is behind the door with a machete. Sam sprays the guy in his face and he closes the door. So I guess she grabbed a, a really good weapon. It seems like it's a chemical fire extinguisher. Okay. Which basically, when you spray it, it absorbs all the oxygen from the air and basically just suffocates the fire. And she sprayed that shit right in that dude's face. Imagine yeah. just you can't breathe. That's it. You're just mm. like... <clears throat> Do you think that they've reacted the same way that they should have in this situation or no? Because I feel like a, a lot of them get sprayed, but they just keep coming back. Um, 
I mean, that main guy, maybe not so much because he gets sprayed and then he like turns around. He's like, ah, oh, what the fuck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas she is like coughing and running away from the fire extinguisher spray, which is a much smarter okay. idea. Clark sends the dog after Amber. It bites her leg, but she hits the dog with a mic stand. The mic is still plugged in. The feedback noise makes the dog run away. Pat grabs Cowcatcher's playlist off of the stage. So they wanted, they had built a very like realistic puppet dog for the dog attack scenes, but they ended up only using it for a split second at one part. Mm. Can you guys tell which part it was? I was able to very easily. No. No. So the dog runs up to Tiger and starts biting him and whatever. And it shows that. And then it cuts to something else. And then it cuts back to the dog back at it. It is clearly a fucking puppet just gnawing (laughs) at his throat. He didn't even notice. And then, uh, Thankfully, the mic stand that Amber is beating the dog with was just made out of foam. It wasn't actually hurting mm. the dog or anything. Good, good. The survivors run back into the room. Outside, Darcy gets Daniel and other Nazis go inside with only machetes. Gabe pulls Reese's body towards Darcy. He asks if he's still breathing and Gabe says yes. Darcy says, let him bleed. Daniel and the other Nazis turn off the mic. They break into the room. Sam sprays them with the fire extinguisher. Daniel is able to grab it from her. He asks Amber where Emily is. They pull the rug off of the corpse. Daniel asks who did it. Amber tells them it was Worm. This is the part where it's just the two Nazis that go in? Yeah. yeah. It's Daniel and the other guy. And the, the very young looking one. Yeah. And they both go in just with machetes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's revealed Emily and Daniel were leaving. Their cue to leave was the cowcatcher uh, song Flesh Wolf. When Worm found out about Emily leaving, he killed her. Flesh Wolf. The other Nazi leaves the room. Darcy opens up Daniel's. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, this part was like weird for me when you find out that Daniel was like going to run away with her mm-hmm. and like get out of the no- whole Nazi thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, go back to Darcy and like tell him what's up or something. And he's like, yeah, okay. I feel like he would have been like, you're a traitor. I'm going to just fucking machete right. all of you. Yeah. yeah. Or he, sh- or Daniel should have been like, I got to attack you. Like, yeah, it was very weird. Uh, outside Darcy gets Daniel and, oh, we already did that. Uh, Darcy opens up Daniel's car trunk and sees the packed bags. And then he finds pictures of uh, him and Emily together. Yes. And he was like the happy lovebirds or something like that. The group are down in the drug lab basement. Pat says that Daniel can help. The group leaves the room while checking behind the bar for a shotgun. Daniel's face is blown off. The first time I watched this, it scared the shit out of me. I yeah. was not ex- I was not ready for no. it just to immediately be like, boom. Yeah. The bartender says, too slow. Amber hits him with the mic stand as Sam uses the fire extinguisher. He shoots upwards. Pat slices at his neck with a machete. That was also pretty intense. It just like sticks in his neck mm-hmm. for a second and then just starts gushing blood. Does the shotgun get Amber slightly? It does look like it, right? Because she's, she's kind after. of holding her side. Yeah. I thought that as well, but I'm, I don't think, I she don't gets, think it does. Yeah. Not yet, at least. Yeah. Amber grabs the shotgun. They go out the front door. The Nazis start shooting at them. Amber tries to shoot back, but oh, she is shot in the leg. There it is. Sam grabs the gun, tries to shoot a dog 
racing towards her. She miss. Like, she doesn't miss. She hits it, but it still keeps running. Because it, it just like nicks him. Kind yeah. Of. And it bites her neck. Amber and Pat retreat back into the room. Pat duct tapes up her wound. Gabe searches Sam's body and finds the van keys. Pat and Amber sit on the couch. Amber wants to hear more of his paintball story. What's the rest of the paintball story? Before the paintball story, have they... We've already seen them go through the van and then find their gas siphoning stuff, right? Oh, I guess I missed that part Yeah, there. so they're starting to make up a plan for what's happening. And then mm -hmm. after Sam dies, you probably have this down here, but I'm just going to say it now. Darcy says, like, okay, we've got three of them. That's all we really need. Yeah. Um, so the rest of the story is the uh, ex-Marines shoot the shit out of them with paintballs and Sam or sorry Pat talks about how he was just being a coward and like hiding behind something and then his friend who was about to get married was like fuck this and I guess went out like completely drunk and just started running at them yelling and shooting at them and he's like and he just wiped them all out mm -hmm. and I guess that was the moral of the story uh, it was like the moral of the story was, uh, can't play real war. And then Amber says, then let's pretend. Mm. Darcy gives Gabe his red laces, finally. The other Nazis drive the van off of the property. Clark gives his dogs a drug that will kill it within an hour. Darcy drives off. So he doesn't give him a drug that'll kill him in an hour. He gives him an, a sedative so oh, that he can sedative. continue going because he says he'll be dead in an hour because oh, okay. of the gunshot. I See, I didn't, he, I didn't get that. You can tell he's super upset that he has to... Put the dog... Yeah. Or let the dog die. Yeah. Also, I don't think Gabe deserves red laces. He seems too nonchalant about the whole thing. Like, I, I can't see him going after somebody and killing them. Did he give him his red laces? Yep. He didn't do anything, though. He just pulled the dead body out. He, he didn't was like, shed any blood. He was like, you've, after tonight, you've earned it. Right. Because he, because, ah, uh, fuck. They were saying something about how Gabe, like, fucked up or whatever. And then Darcy was like, Gabe's the one who just saved all our lives kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gabe, I think Gabe throughout the movie has complained about the lack of red laces, hasn't he? Maybe. Maybe once. Um, so Darcy drives off. Two Nazis show up in the venue. They have a dog with them, but it's driven out by the feedback. Clark and Darcy drive off. Clark and... Yeah, okay. Uh, the dog runs off into the woods. This is the injured dog. And they don't know where the feedback is coming from now because it's not the same source as the feedback yeah. from earlier. <laughs> it says Gabe is cleaning up a body, but for some reason I read it as Jabe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Jabe. He's cleaning up a body behind the bar. The two Nazis break open the door to the green room. Pat is dressed up like one of them. He has shaved his head and has Sharpie all over his face. And he's got like camouflage. Amber's bomber jacket on. Yeah. He's muttering and saying weird shit to himself. The Nazis ask who it is. Pat turns around and says, Odin himself. He jumps down into the basement, hitting things around him with the machete and screaming. That was not a graceful fall. He no. jumped down, just collapsed onto his bad yeah. arm. Yeah. He, I was also trying to see like how he let himself down. It seemed like it would be really hard to let yourself down. From he just ledge, like, jumped though, hand. didn't he? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Um, I will say the actor did a really good job of keeping that fucking arm just useless. Yeah. Too. I feel like it would be so hard not to just start using it by accident. Uh, the Nazis turn off the feedback. It was coming from inside the green room this time. Cause, uh, we do see a scene earlier where music was playing and then they turned it down in yeah. the green room because that's where the intercom stuff is coming from. 
Uh, one of the Nazis jumps down the hole with a shotgun. The other stays upstairs. Amber climbs out of the couch, holding in the box cutter. This uh, scene was awesome. The one who jumps down is the same one that came in with Daniel right. and then ran off to tell Darcy. Just that shot of, so you see the couch behind this other guy upstairs out of focus. Mm -hmm. and the pillow cushion lifts up slowly and Amber crawls out. I thought that was... I liked before that when they're like, who's going down there? And the bigger guy's like, no, man, we shouldn't do that. And he's like, fuck, what do you think we're going to do? We're going to either jump down there or we're going to go back and tell Darcy. Yeah. Fuck that. And then he, he's like, well, then let's both go down. He's like, no, somebody's got to stay up here and watch. <laughs> fuck you, idiot. Um, yeah, yeah. It's such a, such a great scene of Amber climbing out of the couch, uh, like hiding underneath all the, the cushions. Uh, but she sneaks up on the Nazi and slits the guy's throat. Uh, Pat was able to hit the other Nazi. No, Pat was about to hit about the other Nazi. About to hit the other Nazi. Because he, he still had the machete and he was creeping out from behind the corner about right. to hit him. And then he saw that and then the Nazi starts shooting. He mm -hmm. does one shot and he's like, nope, and then runs back behind yeah. the corner. Yeah, Amber started shooting and then he chickened out. Pat, like you said, was uh, about to fucking machete the shit out of that Nazi. And then Amber ran out, slit the other Nazi's throat. And then uh, the skinny Nazi took a shot, missed, which scared the shit out of Pat. So he ran back. And then um, Amber yells out that he only has two shots left because they know that he only has three mm -hmm. shots because that's how many shots they had left. Uh, so Pat knocks him down, but he's able to get a shot in on him. Pat moves out of the way. It looks like Amber is climbing down. The Nazi shoots the legs they, and they drop. The Nazi uh, grabs the gun off the body. No clips. It was Emily's body. Well, first he drops the big dude's body down. Was it was it wasn't? They uh, dropped two bodies down. Oh she yeah, did. yeah. So she dropped the one that she slit his throat. Yep. dropped him down. I don't think he shot at that one because he's like, I'm no. not fucking stupid. Turns around, sees Pat, tries to shoot at him, doesn't get him. That's one shot down, and then Amber's like, that's one shot left, and then she lowers her dead friend's legs down, yeah. and he shoots, and then she's like, he's got no bullets left. Yeah, he, he shoots the, the legs because he thinks that's Amber. Um, Pat oh, tries to grab yeah. the fucking shotgun with one hand working. Yeah, that was, I think he should have stayed uh, with using the, the machete. He had it ready to go, yeah. too, and was about to shoot it off. No, he didn't have it ready to go, no. right? No. The he Nazi gets knocked knocks down. him yeah. down and tries to get the gun loaded. Amber climbs down with the box cutter. It looks like she's about to stab him, but she loads the gun uh, and shoots the Nazi in the neck and the head. Yeah, because that... Basically, they're struggling with a fucking shotgun, and the obviously Pat's got no strength left whatsoever because the dude's arm is to shredded to ribbons. But he's still trying to hold on to like the barrel with his uh, like elbow crook, and then like the butt of the gun. But the uh, the fucking Nazi guys like loading it while he's holding it, and mm -hmm. then they're wrestling back and forth trying to shoot each other. And then she fucking just comes up and like James Bond, pow pow. <laughs> yeah, I I noticed the way she shot him too was very like I thought she was gonna put the gun to his head and pull the trigger, but no, it was very loose and like. Yeah, when I head. saw that part when she shot, I was like, bro, you almost shot Pat. Yeah, yeah. You doing? <laughs> I thought she was gonna miss. You can really tell, like I like the way, yeah, it just like they just kind of died on the inside almost like they've seen so much that the shocks just had them be mm -hmm. like fuck it i'm gonna just murder the shit out of this guy so they climb out of the hole just as gabe is preparing to clean the room they ask if anyone is left he says they are up the road 
he says he doesn't want to go to jail. Amber leads them or leads him out of the venue with the gun pointed to his back. We see the dog from earlier still walking through the woods. And at this point, I think we see like Amber's hunched over the shotgun, like breathing heavy and mm -hmm. stuff because she's obviously lost a bunch of blood and is probably in a lot of pain. Fucking Pat's like dragging <laughs> himself along. Uh, Amber asks where Worm is. Gabe says they sent him home to stay quiet. They hear gunshots in the distance. Pat asks Gabe if he saw them die. He said just two. Pat says he wants to go. Uh, go to them. Amber follows. They tell Gabe to go to the orchard and call the police. He agrees. Pat and Amber see Clark with the dog. They also see the van. The Nazis are trying to create a fake crime scene. A Nazi gets out of the van. Pat points the gun at him through the other window. Both are rolled down. Amber has the shotgun pointed at the dog. Pat asks the Nazi to throw his gun. He moves slowly over to him. Amber gets Clark to tie up the dog, and they lead the men towards the field. Pat's dead friends are laid on the ground. The Nazis are trying to make it look like they were trespassing and siphoning gas. I like this part for uh, Pat when uh, they like confront them, and then he's like, "You got this all wrong. I would never put the uh, cloth yeah. in like that and like pulls it out." Yeah, he's like making fun of the fact that they're they would be doing it the wrong way. Uh, Darcy turns around from behind a vehicle. Clark tries to reason with Amber, but he, or, but she says to shut up and shoots him in the chest. Pat looks at his friends and he says, this is a nightmare. He asks Darcy for a phone. He doesn't say anything. Pat says, it's funny, you used to be so scary at night. Mm. Darcy begins to walk away. Amber shoots the other Nazi in the chest. Pat and Amber both shoot Darcy, but he keeps walking. He pulls out a gun and turns around. Pat shoots him in the head, blurred, blurred, blurred a squirting, blood squirting out. Darcy shoots his gun just before he's shot. His bullet misses. This was like a pretty fucking intense scene. Cause yeah. they're like, all right, give us a phone or whatever. And Darcy's like, no. And he just turns around, yeah. starts walking, just turns around. He and knows then, he's defeated. Yeah, they shoot Clark and I don't think they shoot him yet, but he like pulls the gun out of his pocket or his jacket or something, cocks it and goes to turn around and they just fucking load him full of bullets. And then he drops down. And before he gets that last shot off, he gets shot right in the fucking mm -hmm. head and then and, shoots uh, and misses. Pat actually shoots right this time, actually shoots him right on the head. Um, there's another thing that Pat says that I forget before all of this goes down. We're just like, oh shit, is this, is this what we're doing or something like oh, that? Oh, right, yeah. He's like, I'll be back. <laughs> uh, we see Gabe reaching the or nearby orchard saying we need the police to the workers. We see, Okay, this is the part where I'm still confused by. Is Worm and his friends still alive after taking this heroin? Or are they dead? Worm is clearly alive because he's okay. eating cereal. That's what I but thought. But he's like, he's fucked up. Yeah. But they show like the needle still in the guy's arm, his friend his or friend, whatever. Yeah. So he could be dead. He might not. It's pretty ambiguous. I okay. Think. Yeah. We see Worm sitting on his, on his chair eating food high on morphine. And we don't know it's morphine. I don't think it heroin. Yeah, it was heroin. I don't Probably know why. Heroin. I, I don't know why I wrote morphine. Maybe I was on morphine. Sounds good. Pat and Amber sitting on the field. The dog from earlier walks past them. They try shooting the dog, but they have no ammo. The dog walks past them and lays down with Clark. For some reason, that part was like... <laughs> yeah, that part was sad. Uh, Pat says, I know what it is. Amber says, what was it? My Desert Island Band. And then she says... <laughs> she says... Tell somebody that gives a shit. And then the movie ends. 
I found that so frustrating because I wanted to know. <laughs> so I can't remember what the band was now, but uh, the director did say, like, this is probably what his band was. Was it Steely be. Dan? No, it was something mm. else. A band I'd never heard of. And then he went on to say, it was like, it would be that probably, but also maybe like Black Sabbath. Was it Pat who mentioned Black Sabbath and Steely Dan earlier that it was maybe them? No, he says nothing. Okay. Uh, I think it was like Reese that said, like, do if, if I choose Black Sabbath, do I get Ozzy and Dio? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I love okay, that. let's get into some <laughs> Love me some Black Sabbath, boys. While the tracks were recorded... Separately from the staged performances, the actors actually performed their songs. Anton Yelchin and Alia Shawkat already knew how to play their instruments. Uh, but according to Jeremy Sonny, Sonier, whatever, uh, Callum Turner had no experience with any sort of music. And Joe Cole also learned how to play the drums just for this movie. So That's they were cool. actually playing. Hmm. Uh, as I already mentioned, the reference to red laces is when a fucking skinhead sheds blood. And then, uh, weirdly, the first and last words spoken in the film are exactly the same. They say the same word at the very beginning Tell of the film. Tell somebody who gives a shit? So he says shit at the beginning and then... I think so, yeah. Because he, he yeah. like wakes up and he's like, like oh, oh shit, shit or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. And then that's kind of all I have. When I Googled Green Room facts, uh, Green Room is apparently a room in the White House. So oh. Oh, yeah. that's what was coming up a lot. And I mean, Green Rooms are in any you know show or yeah. stuff. So. I was able to dig up a lot of facts. Though. You did? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, oh, there's good. quite a few here. Let's, so let's hear them. Let's jump into Mir's facts here. I <clears> spoke <throat> to Anton Yelchin about these. <laughs> okay. How did you do that? Don't worry. Ouija board. Exactly. Green Room was originally called. Oh, fuck, okay, Green Room was originally going to be called Green House, and it was going to be about a demonic plant nursery. That would have been terrible. That's pretty stupid. <laughs> that sounds like. I, know. I, I thought that it was sounds like too. super high on coke, Stephen King shit. <laughs> yeah, it actually does. Starring Stephen King. Yeah, yeah the plants come to life like Little Shop of Horrors, just way darker. Green is the second most popular favorite color. It was also George Washington's favorite color. Did you guys know that? I had no idea. Pretty cool. Sir, Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart only signed onto the movie because the producers of the film lied and said it was a multiverse X-Men film. <laughs> I, like I said, I was surprised. I actually it, do no, have no, a, no. a real fact about his I was also going to say choice of, choice of what? Of him choosing this role. I also have the fact about that. Oh, okay. It's just in my head, but if you want to say it, you can It's basically it. he read the script, and he was scared by the script, and he was like, I have to play this. Oh, yeah, he was. He read the script, he was scared shitless, and then like went through his house, locked all the doors and stuff, and yeah. was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. It is a very out-of-sort-of-typical character kind of role yeah, for him. Yeah, he always plays like really nice, good guys. gentle people. Yeah, so, yeah. As he an did. actor, I could see why you'd want mm -hmm. a role like this. Yeah, and then the director was like, I don't want, like, big names for this. I want, like, lower, like, unknown actors and actresses and stuff. And then he got Patrick Stewart, who like was like, can I play this person? He was like, yes, sir, right away, <laughs> sir. <laughs> so Subway. Yeah. Uh, sadly, they didn't run a promotion no. for the launch of Green Room, but Arby's did. Oh, Arby's. Yeah. Oh, wow. That disgusting <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Well, uh, Subway's pretty disgusting, too. I mean... They're the best. We need your money. Eat fresh. Pat allowed his hand to get 90% amputated. Because <laughs> he's, he's like a very serious method actor. Yeah, yeah. super yeah. method. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, if you ever meet him, you'll notice he has a big scar on his <laughs> wrist. So instead of abusing his cast and uh, his co-stars, <laughs> he abused himself. Right. He didn't have cast. He was an actor. The cast and crew? Yeah, but you said his cast. <laughs> it was his cast. I don't. <laughs> We're also just talking about, yeah, just go ask him. This man is dead. <laughs> oh, that's Anton. Okay. <laughs> Jesus He's a Christ. great actor. Oh, my God. He was very up and coming, yeah. Anywho, doctors were able to put him together again, like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> it was... <laughs> so this got out of order for yeah, some reason, fuck? but it's great. So... It was called the Arby's Green Room Meat Mountain (laughs) Challenge. (laughs) Essentially, Arby's stacked a bun with a mountain of meat literally two feet high. And if the person could finish the sandwich within 20 minutes, that's not a long time, they would get two tickets to see the Insane Clown Posse (laughs) live in Los Angeles. (laughs) That's a pretty sweet deal. That's it. That's it? Oh. Final thoughts, boys? Yeah, like I said at the start, I, um, you know, this didn't feel like a horror movie to me. Um, definitely horrific at times, like Andy said earlier. Um, entertaining, though, for the most part. Uh, I would give this movie 7.1 amputated hands <laughs> out of 10. Andrew? Uh, I love this movie. That's no surprise. It's the second time I've seen it this year. I don't know why. Oh, wait, I watched it with my friend. What friend? Sean. I love you, Sean. I give it 8.5 box cutters out of 10. I... I give it 8.5 box cutters because I like the movie. No, you gave your reason today for once. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I liked a movie. Shut the Ryan. fuck up! Ryan! Amir, I liked a movie. Like, a lot. So, Jesus Christ. The first time I watched this movie, I thought it was fucking amazing. Absolutely blown away. Second time I watched it, I was like, yeah, still pretty good movie. This third time I watched it, maybe because I was super tired, I was like, it's an okay movie. Right. Uh, and my, the fuck was that? I was just narrating your feelings. So you're like, <laughs> nah. I was nah. like, is there a cat in here? Yeah. So I think the reason why it's not as good each time I watch it is because I liked it so much the first time because of the absolute just shock factor of mm-hmm. them throwing in like that serious gore. With that said, at this point, I'm probably going to put the movie at 7.3 ain't rights out of 10. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Well, that was The Green Room. I believe that was episode 45. Let me just double check. (laughs) Episode 45. Um, Well, Saw actually ended up doing pretty well. Nice. That's no surprise (laughs) to us. We know everything does well here. Yeah, everything skyrockets. Yes. On the next episode of Survive the Night. (laughs) I like how that sounds when you do it. Can you do it again? Woo! (laughs) 
I want that to be a button on our soundboard. <laughs> I sound drunk right now. What the hell's going on? <laughs> um, you did take an edible. It's it's true. <laughs> it's clearly kicking in because I'm pretty sure for 20 minutes there, there's just dead silence from you. Yeah, <laughs> you I, were just like. <laughs> uh, At one point, I was actually going to be like, and a word from Amir, because you were just like. Just not doing anything. I wanted to take a picture of you because at one point you were staring at Andy, but you were like, <laughs> "I'm just mesmerized by Andy." Um, yeah. Next episode, episode forty-six, was my choice, and I decided that we were going to cover a classic from the '60s called "Rosemary's Baby." So stay tuned for that episode. That will be the next episode. <laughs> um, Usually, that comes after this episode. So yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to connect with us on social media, <laughs> social. Why does that always happen? If you want to connect with us on social media, on Instagram we're at s.t.n underscore podcast, Twitter stn pod, TikTok podcast stn I believe, and Facebook. You can just search up our Facebook group, Survive the Night Podcast. Uh, you can also send us an email. Send us your emails. Remember, we want your feet pics. Survive the night podcast at gmail.com. Ryan's nodding like, yep, he picks mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Survive the night podcast at gmail.com. Any last words, gentlemen? See you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. Recently pregnant? Looking for a doctor to ensure a healthy childbirth? Look no further than Dr. Sigmund Treklostovich. Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Sigmund Treklostovich. Your baby doesn't need vitamins, nutrients, or food at all. What your growing spawn of certain, I mean baby, needs is some tannus root. Just ask my patient Marjoram how it has worked for her. I had tummy aches for the first five months of pregnancy, but eight months in now, and I feel great. Sure, I've lost weight, but I felt the baby kick one time. Yeah, but your haircut is fucking lame, bitch. Drink the fucking Tannis shake. Thanks, Dr. Treklostovich. Forget FDA approval. Come see me and I'll expose their lies. Are you gonna let them jab your flesh and blood with poisonous vaccine? Nonsense. I got my degree from the Health Academy in Hill. To book an appointment, call 1-800-HAIL-SATAN. Push! Push! Ah, ah, Here it comes! It's a healthy baby devil. What? What? What's wrong with his eyes? Give me my baby! Who are all these people? Get away from my baby! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan.